Well, God is good. And all the time, give him another hand clap of praise tonight. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I hope everybody is enjoying this study in James as much as I am. Um, the book of James is very enriching and so many good things in the book of James. And uh, so we're going to um, continue that. Uh, we're talking about James' principles of practical Christianity. Uh, James just puts it and gets it down to where the rubber meets the road and um, really lets us know what uh, true Christianity is all about. Um, and last time we met, we got into the third chapter of James, and our lesson last time was uh, 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 don't trip over your tongue, if you remember. Don't trip over your tongue. Uh, and we did not finish uh, everything that uh, we wanted to cover in that chapter. And so we're going to try uh, try to get through the rest of it tonight. And tonight's lesson, I've entitled The Destructive Force of the Tongue. Now... This is kind of stuff that kind of gets tight but right. And um, it's something that I wish the church didn't need, but the church needs it. Amen. And um, the destructive force of the tongue. We're going to, um, we're going to go uh, to the third chapter of the book of James, and we're going to read from verses 3 uh, down through verses 12, and then we're going to do a little talking about uh, our scripture tonight. This is what it reads like. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Now you understand why we got the picture of the guys and the, and the fiery tongue right there. That's where we're getting that from. Okay, let's move on a little bit more. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among, among our members. 
that it defileth the whole body. It's hard to believe, but you, you and some people don't realize, they don't think about it. You don't need to drink a big bottle of whiskey to defile yourself or get involved in something else that we think is a big bad sins. But the Bible says that the tongue has the power to defile the whole body. And setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Wow, James is giving some stiff stuff here. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. Wow. You see the lion trainers and the uh, tiger trainers and even these guys that are snake charmers can charm them snakes and all this other stuff. Tame them and train them and get them to do things. But the Bible says the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. There, now, here, now here we go. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made at the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not be. And what he's talking about is when you come to the house of God and you worship God and you praise God and you give glory to God and tell God how much you love Him and how much you appreciate Him. But when you but when you leave the house of God, you're either on the telephone or on Facebook running somebody down. That's a dual nature. Hallelujah. And he said, these things ought not be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh. Hallelujah. And that's verse 12. Now what he is telling us here, if I use my mouth to bless God, but then I turn right around with my same mouth and um, I speak hurtful things and bad things about a brother or sister in the church, and what he's actually saying is that those words that I use to bless God are not really true. It's not coming from the heart. Hallelujah. Amen. As Brother Carl used to say, it's the truth anyhow. Now, we get, this is why, scriptures like this is why I've titled this lesson, uh, The Study of James' Principles of, of Practical Christianity. We're getting down to what Christianity is all about. Hallelujah.
And uh, we're going to talk about this tonight a little bit and take it just as far as I can. And uh, you pray for us. I won't have it mentioned yet, but I'm, uh, I greet everybody who's, who's watching by live stream tonight on our Facebook page. We appreciate you watching and listening in. We hope that we can say something that would encourage you and help you. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this tonight. Now, I want to I want to begin this study by talking about weapons. Uh, a weapon is defined as any instrument or device used to attack or defend in battle, fighting, and warfare. That's the definition I got when I, I went online to um, uh, uh, dictionary.com. So says, a weapon is defined as any instrument or device used to attack or defend. It can be used to defend also in battle, fighting, and warfare. That's the definition, a simple definition of a weapon. Now, with that thought in mind, Brother Paul, as we think about that, we know that God has equipped the human body with a tongue. When he formed our bodies, he gave us a tongue. And although there might be some other things, but the two primary reasons God gave you a tongue was so you could communicate and so you could taste. The taste buds being in your tongue. If it wasn't for that, uh, you wouldn't be able to taste that mighty good homemade banana pudding. I'm, I'm going I'm to... I'm going to bug Brother Paul tonight. That good old, it's good when it just comes out of the oven and it's still warm. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, God gave us a tongue for communication and taste. And that makes the tongue the source of two of the five senses of the body. We got five different senses. And the tongue and the tongue is has two is the source of two of those five senses. But unfortunately, mankind has found another use for this small member of the body. We turned it into a weapon. Amen. We, it didn't take man long at all to figure out they could use the tongue for a weapon. Amen. Uh, you may have never, and listen to me close, you may have never picked up a gun to shoot or held a knife to stab 
but still be found guilty in the eyes of God of using a weapon to kill someone by the use of the untamed tongue. God will not look at you no more different on the day of judgment if you've used your tongue for a weapon to kill somebody, to maim somebody, to hurt. You'll be judged the same way as uh, if somebody's taken a gun or a knife and killed somebody that way. In the eyes of God, it's all the same. It's all the same. It is not without significance when we think about the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses that is the foundation of the whole laws of God. It's not without significance that the Ten Commandments deal with speech. Two, uh, two of them, taking the name of God in vain and bearing false witness against your brother. That involves the tongue on both of those. It's two commandments there. Thou shalt not uh, uh, take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, and bear, thou shalt not bear false witness. That in both of those involves the tongue. Similarly, on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus taught, he warned against the abuse of the tongue in swearing falsely. Matthew chapter 5, you can find that. Elsewhere, Jesus Christ gave a stern warning regarding the unseemly language that sometimes proceeds from a person's mouth. There's something that just come up in me that uh, to make a comment about this. I don't know. I don't know if I ought to say it or not. You think I ought to say it? <laughs> We're talking about foul language, dirty language. The Bible says, "Let no filthy communication proceed out of your mouth." I'm gonna tell you something. Second-hand cussing is just as bad. I've had, I heard a lot of good Christian folks use an excuse telling somebody else, would well, you know I heard brother, brother so-and-so, this one, that one, say this word or say that and come out and, and say it? That's, that's second-hand cussing and those words are coming out of your mouth. I realize it's something a lot of people don't think about, but you need to think about it. And the reason why you think about it is more so for the sinner man, maybe than yourself, that here, because they're always looking for an excuse to throw something at the child of God. Oh, I heard, I heard one of them apostolic people using this language or that language. Maybe they was only repeating what they'd heard somebody else say, say themselves, but this sinner man is going to take it and twist it. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. And you could hinder your witness for the Lord. You're getting that person um, brought to, the God, God, to God. Now, the way one talks and uses our speech and our language is very revealing index to our character. 
There's a scripture that says, from the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. If it ain't down here, it ain't going to come out here. Hello, somebody. Glory. So the way one talks and how they use their communication is a really good revealing index to that person's character. The the scriptures describe different kinds of tongues, and I'm talking about speech. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about speaking in tongues now. But there's there's different kinds of tongues that the Bible talks about. I'm going to go through these kind of quickly so I can get to all of them. I'm not going to. Uh, Take the time to read you all the scriptures where we can find these. This is something that you can, if you want to take it further, do it, do it further yourself. Um, but um, the first kind of tongue the Bible talks about is the hateful tongue. And this right here is uh, a deacon in the first church of the refrigeration. Well, I hope I hope we're not the first church with refrigeration, brother. I hope. My my my, the look he's got on his face. If looks could kill. <laughs> the hateful tongue. Jeremiah in his writing spoke of those treacherous people who bend their tongue like a bow. You'll find that in Jeremiah the ninth chapter. People who bend their tongue like a bow. Now we Remember now we're talking about making the tongue a weapon. Jeremiah talked about, he called them treacherous people. Bending their tongue like a bow. He cautioned that no one should place trust in the person who deceives and slanders, nor would those who have taught their tongue to speak lies. In Proverbs, the Bible says a lying tongue is one of the things that Jehovah God hates. Hallelujah. Some use their tongues to rip and gut others like they do a fish. Even brothers in Christ. We need to give our tongue to the Holy Ghost, not, not to be used as a hateful tongue. Can you say amen? amen? Now the next one here, you'll find the Bible talks about, I'm, and I apologize to those watching online, you can't see these pictures that uh, kind of I've shown uh, to go along with this, but... Um, the boasting tongue. The boasting tongue. This guy here is uh, proud of his accomplishments or proud of what he's got or what he thinks he has or whatever. The boasting tongue. 
<laughs> you hear that a lot in the church. And I, I, I'm fully persuaded. I hear people debate all the time why we don't have as many people with various gifts in the church being used like it used to be at one time. Now, there, I think there's several reasons for that. But I think one big reason for that is we got too many people. If God was to use them to work a miracle or a healing or whatever, they would start boasting and try to take the glory and the credit instead of giving it to God. Amen. Amen. I've heard TV preachers do that. Bless God, I don't lay my hands on nobody until I start feeling them tingle. When they start feeling them tingle, I know I got the power there. You ain't got... You ain't, you ain't got nothing but the gift of gab, buddy. Hallelujah. That's all you got. Boasting about what, kind of, what you've done and how God used you here and that. We got to have humility in everything we do. And all glory belongs to God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We got to get, listen, let me say this about this. Somebody comes up here tonight and asks for prayer. I might be the one who takes a bottle of oil and anoints and starts to pray. If that person gets healed, it may not have been my prayer at all that touched God. It might be a, somebody's prayer sitting back in the back of the church who had enough faith to believe God. Hallelujah. So we don't, we shouldn't take the credit for what God does. Hallelujah. Uh, the Pharisee in the 18th chapter of Luke, he gave a good example uh, when Jesus used that parable, that Pharisee who, who was self-righteous and uh, taunted all of his compliments. He came to the temple and, and there he began to put on his show and, and there was a there was a center of publican off to the side. And this dude comes in and starts boasting. He said, God, I think I'm not like other men. Extortioners and liars and cheaters. He said, I... And then he starts talking about what he does. He said, I give, I give tithes of everything. I fast twice a week. I do this and I do that. God does not bless a boasting tongue. Hallelujah. I, I'm nothing. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. Hallelujah. <laughs> There are some people, though, I, I've run across them. I don't, maybe nobody else has run. But have you ever run across that you get to talking to some people and you scarcely can get started in the conversation without being bored to tears with a constant stream of self-exaltation and self-perceived accomplishments? Did you repeat that? <laughs> For everybody online, 
Somebody want me to repeat that again. Have you ever been into, met somebody and got into a conversation with somebody? You couldn't get a word in edgewise because their conversation was boring you to tears with a constant stream flowing out of their mouth like a river of self-exaltation and self-perceived accomplishments. It is born. It'll bore you to tears. And I'm going to tell you what. You got these folks, they know everything. They know more, they know more, more, more about God than you do. They know more about the Bible than you do. We got folks that know more how a church should be run than a pastor does. Mm, I had to throw that in. All these know-it-alls that know so much. I've been, I've been through some things this past week that I felt like, t- well, listen here, you can take this, take this job and do it yourself. I didn't say it, but I, I wanted to. Well, some people, Brother Paul, they know so much about everything, you can invent something. Get you some paper and, and draw out the plans and invent it yourself, Brother Kyle. And I know some people, when they just look at it and you, and you start talking about it, they know more about it than you do. And you're the one that conceived the idea. You made, you did it. <laughs> now, we laugh about that, but it's, it's really pitiful that you got people to deal with in this world like that. Hallelujah. I've got, I've got to move on. But the boasting tongue. Okay, now we're going to come to, we're going to, come to this one. Blah, 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 blah. I used, I used to watch Charlie Brown when I was a kid, and every time they went to school, I never did, could hear, understand a word that teacher in class was saying. And I, um, I know people the same way. Uh, the impetuous tongue. And what I mean by this I'm talking about sudden or impulsive speaking. Fast talkers, thinking, uh, speaking, speaking without thinking. Blah, 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 blah. If the Holy Ghost could come that way, they'd be filled in a, in a, minute, in a moment's time. But listen, what we didn't talked about in James something about this right here. James, back in the first chapter, if you remember, he said, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. Amen. God gave us two ears and one mouth. Now to me, that means he wants us to listen more than what we talk. I'm, maybe some of you 
recognize the name Robert Frost. <laughs> well, Robert Frost, Frost made a comment one time in his writings, and this is what he said. Half the world is composed of people who have something to say and can't. And the other half who have nothing to say but keep on saying it. <laughs> now, I want to repeat that one, Brother Paul. Robert Frost said, Half the world is composed of people who have something to say and can't. And that, the reason why they can't most of the time because this other guy over there, blah, 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 blah. Can't get a word in edgewise. Half the world is composed of people that's got something to say but can't say it. And the other half are people that's got nothing to say but yet keep on saying it anyway. Hallelujah. Uh, we lost a powerhouse in Pentecost not long ago, Brother T.F. Tinney. A, um, a man that I strongly admired in God and uh, was a great man of God, a great leader. And uh, a young preacher come to him one time and he had stepped out and accepted the call to preach and he got his first opportunity to go somewhere and preach. So Brother Tenney, he was the... Uh, district superintendent of the UPC there in, uh, uh, Alex, uh, in, in Louisiana. So he, this young guy went to Brother Tenney and uh, he said, Brother Tenney, I don't know what to do. He said, What's, why? He said, I got an opportunity to go preach. I've, I've worked on my message. I've worked on my message. And at the best I can do, I timed it, I've, I've rehearsed it, and the best I can do, all I can get out of it is about 10 minutes. Brother Tenney looked at him, says, when you get through, shut up and sit down. <laughs> Brother, he said, that's not helping much. He said, let me tell you something, I know a lot of preachers I wish had learned that lesson. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Some of them preach an hour and a half, but if you take all the praise the Lord, hallelujah, and the repetitive stuff out, they wouldn't have about a 15-minute message. Come on, somebody. One preacher had his wife critique his sermon one time. That's how come I don't never let Sister Darlene see my message before I preach. <laughs> this one preacher learned the hard way. He gets up to preach. He says, now, I've allowed my wife to look over my sermon outline and notes, and I told her to take this red marker and mark out everything that is repetitive and not helpful. He said, and now we're going to have the benediction. (laughs) 
Glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've got to move on. I have got to move on. I want to talk about the obscure tongue. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody when the conversation was concluded you had no earthly idea what they were talking about? And, then, and, and you didn't have no idea where they stood on what they're supposed to believe. Such folks slip and slide and flip and flop always beating around the bush. Now, I don't know about you, but I miss the day when people said what they meant and meant what they said. Hallelujah. What you say and what you speak, make it clear. Be plain about it. There's nothing wrong. Now, we're talking about Misuse of the tongue, but let me. There's nothing wrong in somebody letting, no, speaking, letting somebody know how they stand on something. Amen. Hallelujah. And some people, you ask them, "Well, how you? What do you feel about this? How you? How you believe on this?" You know, I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, uh, and you talk to them for a half an hour, and you still haven't learned anything from them. You don't know where they stand. It's kind of like politicians, ain't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. When the politician, well, now there is good points and bad points on both sides of the issue. Hallelujah. <laughs> Now, Titus, in the book of Titus, the second chapter, he lets us know that our speech should be sound. It should, and what he meant by sound here, it should be direct and clear. You know, the Bible says that you should be ready at all times to give an answer to anybody who asks you about the faith that you have. You, you shouldn't be able to just say, well, I, I, I'm Pentecostal or I'm apostolic. You need to be able to explain to them why you are. If you tell somebody you, you baptize, believe in baptism in Jesus' name, and they, you need to be ready to ask, uh, to explain to them if they ask why. Hallelujah. The critical tongue. Or the judgmental tongue. There are some people instead of trying to see the good in somebody's life, they're all time with giving them the once over and pointing out what they don't like about them. The old saying goes, years ago used to say that 
there's, there's a little good in everybody. One preacher was asked to uh, preach a funeral of a guy. <laughs> and he tried his best. He spent for two days before the funeral trying to come up with stuff. He knew about the guy that had, had any good in him. And he talked to people in the family, and he couldn't find nobody that could help him. And so he praised the Lord, I've always had of you. I've always said, you know, everybody's got a little good in something they can do good. And so by the time the funeral starts, he gets up and tells the people, he says, well, so-and-so here was the best whistler I've ever heard in my life. He found something good. And that, that's an accomplishment. I never was good at whistling until I got my false teeth, and I can whistle now. <laughs> I whistle now when I don't want to whistle. And that's just not whistling Dixie neither. Hallelujah. But if you can't find something good to say about somebody, what? Don't say anything. Don't, don't be always judgmental and critical. Amen. Lord of mercy, that's, that's a bad lot on the people of God. Okay, I'm going to give you one more. Then I'm going to wind it up because we're at closing time. And this right here is one of the most important ones. It's the double tongue. I hope you can see the picture of the guy there. He's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. <laughs> I've had a few car salesmen have done me that way. I had a vacuum salesman come to my door one time and tried that. Vacuum cleaner salesman. Somebody that's... Uh, Double tongue speaks out of both sides of their mouth, and they'll just ain't too pretty. Now, I'm glad we got both our deacons here tonight. Because in First Timothy chapter three, as, as Paul was training Timothy how to set up and uh and get a church going and how a church should be run, he came across the qualifications of deacons. And Paul said to Timothy that any man that you're considering for a deacon should not be double-tongued. It shouldn't look like this guy up here on the screen <laughs> talking out of both sides of their mouth. Um, that's that's no way to present Christ. Can you say amen? We have to um, we have to we have to know what we stand for and don't waver from it. And if you're gonna t- if you're gonna tell somebody you're gonna do something, you need to do it. 
I know it's not like this now, but my, my father born, was born in 1901. And he lived in an area in this country that a man's word was his bond. And I remember my daddy saying one uh, as I was a kid growing up, and and it was of course things had begin to change, but he said he was fifty or fifty five years old. I don't remember which he said before he ever bought a piece of property, a tractor, or anything else with anything else but a handshake. Amen. Nowadays, you go buy the least little thing, and they, man, they come out with 225 pages for you to sign, and you got to sign your life away. And really, and the truth be told, the reason why is because people's word is not their bond no more. Hallelujah. We can't be double tongued. We uh, we just can't, uh, you know, talk off both sides of our mouth. Conclusion of this whole thing. Ephesians four and twenty five. Let no corrupt uh, speech proceed out of your mouth. Colossians chapter three. Put away shameful speaking from your mouth. And the final scripture I want to leave you with tonight is something we ought to all be concerned with. Do you know the Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account of in the day of judgment. So we better be careful how we speak. We better be careful how we speak hallelujah and that is the destructive force of the tongue I could get into much more but time will not allow let's all stand tonight I appreciate you being here appreciate our people watching online